Welcome to Horizon Church Online. We are thrilled that you're watching our online service with us today. And we pray that it's encouraging and inspiring and helps you live and love like Jesus like never before. I can't wait for you to see what we have in store. It's such a great service. Our worship team is playing a song that they introduced last week uh, that they really hope becomes the anthem for Horizon. It's so moving and they do so well with it. I can't wait for you to hear it. And I'm going to finish up our series on the Sermon on the Mount. We pray that today's service encourages you and inspires you and helps you get through this busy holiday season. So let's jump in. Thank you. 
saw his ministry drawing huge crowds, he climbed a hillside. Those who were apprenticed to him, the committed, climbed with him. Arriving at a quiet place, he sat down and taught his climbing companions. This is what he said. Over the last 14 weeks, we've been exploring Jesus's Sermon on the Mount. This is one of the densest sections of Jesus's teachings in the New Testament. And it's where Jesus explains to his followers what it means to be a disciple, a student, an apprentice of his way of life. It's here that Jesus outlines what it looks like to live and love like he did. And he claims that the abundant life, the life that he offers, is available to all of us if we follow in his footsteps, if we live and love like he did. Now, he started off the Sermon on the Mount with the Beatitudes where he says, Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. And he ends the Sermon on the Mount with a series of warnings. We've been looking at those the last few weeks. And today, we're going to look at the very last warning. Now, before we do that, I thought it would be good to jump back and review the 14 teachings of Jesus. Jesus says, this is what it looks like to live and love like I did. And he gives us 14 teachings. So let's review those and then we'll jump into this last warning in the Sermon on the Mount. Don't insult people, Jesus taught us, but be reconciled with the people you're angry at. Don't lust for what you don't have. Instead, radically eliminate barriers to apprenticeship to Jesus. Don't flippantly end your marriage. Instead, carefully treasure your relationships. Don't swear an oath, but be honest and open with everyone. Don't resist an evil person. Instead, practice nonviolence. Don't hate your enemies. Love your enemies. Don't give to impress people. Give because your father has been generous with you. Don't pray to impress people. Pray because you enjoy spending time with your father. Don't fast to impress people. Fast so you can feast on God. Don't amass lots of stuff on earth. Recognize that the things that you want most can't be bought with money. Don't be anxious. Instead, put your energy towards advancing the rule and reign of Jesus. Don't judge. Love everyone and prioritize fixing the things that are messed up in your own life. Ask, seek, knock, because your father loves to give good gifts. And finally, do for others what you want done for you. Now we're going to look at Jesus's final warning as he ends the Sermon on the Mount. In Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 29, it says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain fell, the rivers rose, and the winds blew and pounded that house. Yet it didn't collapse because its foundation was on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and doesn't act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell. The rivers rose, the winds blew and pounded that house, and it collapsed. And its collapse was a great crash. And when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were astonished at his teachings because he was teaching them like one who had authority and not like their scribes. Now, after a series like this, after 14 weeks in a long series like this, a lot of us will be like, that's nice, and go back to our ordinary lives. We'll be like, I learned some more about Christianity. I learned some more about Jesus's teachings. I have some new Bible fun facts to share in conversations. And we'll simply go back 
to our life the way it was. Jesus seems to anticipate this response, though. Look what he says in verse 24. He says, people need to not only hear, but they need to act on what I say. Information alone never produces transformation. And that's what we're about, right? I want to be the best version of Alex I can be. And I think that happens as I become more like Jesus. Somehow that makes me the best version of Alex. I don't become less Alex. I actually become the best version of Alex. And I think you, by living and loving like Jesus, by becoming more like Jesus, you actually become the best version of you. But transformation doesn't happen just by getting information, just by hearing what Jesus said. You know, I think that's why we have people who have been sitting in churches and hearing sermons and messages and going to Bible studies for 50 years who know a lot about the Bible, who know a lot about Jesus, and yet they don't love their neighbor. They don't love people who don't look like them or vote like them or think like them. They're actually rude or sometimes angry and vengeful to people who have only slightly wronged them because they can't control them. We have people who are racked by anxiety. They've learned a lot about Jesus. They've learned a lot about the Bible, but they don't look a lot like Jesus because information isn't enough. I like what John Mark Comer, a pastor in Portland said, transformation happens as a result of four things, teaching, practice, community, and the Holy Spirit. See, teaching is the starting point. It's where we learn what Jesus actually said, right? Like we have teaching portions of our, our services because it's important, but it's not the end. It's just the starting point. It's just the first step. We know what we're supposed to practice because someone teaches us, someone shares with us, someone tells us, but getting more information doesn't lead to more transformation. We have to implement what we've learned. Now, Jesus uses an interesting Greek word here. The word that's translated do or act in your English translation is actually the Greek word for build. Jesus is continuing this metaphor about uh, uh, two builders here and their houses by saying, you need to not only hear what I say, you need to build with what I say. You need to use what I've taught you to build your life with my teachings. He isn't suggesting some moral niceties that we just tack on to the existing structure of our lives. He's like, you've built that thing completely on unstable ground. We need to start a new construction built from the ground up on the foundation of my teachings. He suggests building everything in our lives on his teachings. It's firm foundation. It is bedrock. It is trustworthy. We can build on it. Now, Jesus uses some interesting language here in this passage because here's what I would expect him to say. The good builder built his house on the rock. The evil builder built his house on the sand. And Jesus sometimes uses this contrast between good and evil in some of the stories and examples that he tells. But he uses different words here. The Greek words that are translated in most English translations as wise builder and foolish builder are actually the Greek words for intelligent and stupid. What Jesus is saying is that an intelligent person is going to look at his teachings and recognize it is the best way of life. He says someone who doesn't put a lot of thought into things, someone who's not very intelligent, they're not going to even think about it or look at it, or they're just going to be like, you know what, I don't care if it's the best way, I'm just going to do what I want. 
Now, there are some branches of Christianity that seem to revel in being ignorant, almost as if being intelligent or being educated or being smart are somehow sinful or wrong or anti-Christian. Nothing could be further from the truth. Jesus says, if you're intelligent, you're going to recognize this is the best way of life. You don't have to throw your brains in the trash to be a Christian. In fact, it's the exact opposite. Faith doesn't mean ignoring facts. It means looking at the facts and making a logical hypothesis and living out and experimenting on that hypothesis. Jesus is saying that intelligent people are going to look at what he teaches and realize that his teachings would change their lives. That intelligent people would look at his teachings and say, these teachings will change the world. These teachings are a firm foundation to build a life on, a life that can withstand the winds and the waves of the most turbulent year, even a year like 2020. Now, maybe you don't know if Jesus was really God. Maybe you don't know if Jesus really came back from the dead. That's okay. Nobody really knows those things 100% for sure. Instead, we examine the facts. We practice our hypothesis. And then we try to live out of the teachings that Jesus has taught us. <clears throat> we hope and we trust. It's called faith. Now, maybe you don't like some of his teachings. I know I struggle with some of the teachings of Jesus. Uh, he says that when someone attacks you, you don't return with violence. That nonviolence is the best way to respond to an evil person. Love your enemies. Pray for their good. That is, to me, I'm like, I'm not sure if that works. I don't know if that's going to make things better. That doesn't seem like the right path. I struggle not to judge. But despite all of this, if I honestly look at the teachings of Jesus, I have to admit that if everyone lived and loved like Jesus, the world would be a better place. If you're intelligent and honest, and you take an intelligent, honest look at the teachings of Jesus, I think you have to conclude the same thing. If everyone lived and loved like Jesus said, not how we've seen Christians live, not how some churches have told us to live, but how Jesus taught these 14 parameters that he gave of what it means to live and love like him, I think any intelligent, honest person would conclude the same thing. The world would be a better place if everyone lived and loved like Jesus. I think any intelligent and honest person would conclude, if I lived and loved like Jesus, my world would be a better place. My family would be a better place. My neighborhood, my community, my city would be a better place. The intelligent, the intelligent person builds their life on the foundation of Jesus's teaching. Jesus's students recorded him making this next statement that I'm going to share after they claimed he rose from the dead after getting executed by the Roman Empire. This is at the end of Matthew's biography in Matthew 28, verse 20. Verses 19 and 20. Here's what they record Jesus saying. Go therefore and make disciples of all races, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always, even to the end of time. Jesus told his followers, his students, apprentices of his way of life, to go everywhere and teach every type of person and people to live and love like he did. He told his followers to go and change the world 
by getting them to build their lives on the foundation of his teachings, by teaching the world to live and love like he had. Now, it's our turn. Hey guys, Alex here. I want you to pause your video for just a minute and I want you to think about three things. First of all, I want you to consider being baptized, which is the mark of publicly identifying as a student of Jesus. We've spent the last 14 weeks looking at his teachings and maybe you're ready. You're at the point where you want to publicly tell people, I want to be an apprentice to Jesus's way of life. If so, let us know. We'd love to make that happen. The second thing I want you to do is think about how you can implement daily and weekly rhythms into your life that allow you to practice the spiritual practices that Jesus taught us in the Sermon on the Mount. Ancient Christians called it a role of life. It was essentially the guidelines they put around their life so that they were continuously practicing what Jesus taught in the Sermon on the Mount. I could suggest some things, but I think the best thing is if you develop your own thing, you're more likely to do it. And finally, I want you to take a few minutes and just stop and pray. Thank Jesus for revealing his way of life for us. Thank him for dying and uh, coming back to life so that we could be empowered by the Holy Spirit to actually live and love like him. And ask him to help you live out his teachings from the Sermon on the Mount. Ask him to bring community, friendships around you, to encourage you and support you. Uh, because part of transformation, like I said earlier, requires community. So we're all in this together and we learn best together. Thanks, guys. These are your announcements for November 29th, 2020. If you'd like to give to support the work of Horizon Church, you can do so online at horizonphilly.com backslash give or via Venmo or PayPal. Starting this Wednesday, we're going to resume our weekly Zoom prayer calls. We'd love for you to join us. If you have any questions or concerns or you want to let us know that you'd love to be baptized or be involved in our community, please reach out to us via email or text. We'd love for you to join us for our in-person services, which resume next Sunday at 10 a.m. at The Rock. Thanks so much for watching our online service today. We hope that your week is filled with joy and peace and that this has encouraged and inspired you.